Welcome to Pharmacy View Podcast, where we provide regular interviews with pharmacists and key people within Australian pharmacy and the associated global industry. In this stream of podcast episodes titled Rx to Riches, we delve into the evolving global pharmacy landscape, exploring the challenges and opportunities, and examining the current state of retail pharmacy across the globe. With each guest, we discuss the hurdles they face and the potential growth areas that may shape a brighter future for your pharmacy or industry-related business. I'm your host, Michael Alexander, pharmacist, digital health enthusiast, and co-founder of Ottery, an AI-powered communication intelligence platform serving the healthcare industry across the globe. My guest today is proudly brought to you by Shopfront Solutions. For all your shelf and digital marketing needs, part of the Arion Technologies Group. Please note that the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of any company or organization. And at one of the conferences, um, I was sharing a bit of the work that we were doing in evidence-based medicine and some of the insights that we had found about um, some of the medications we were evaluating and you know, some were seemed to be a little bit more effective than others and and um and there was a patient who happened to be in the audience now i thought i was speaking to other uh, uh physicians and healthcare providers and things like that but this gentleman stood up in the back of the room and he said um i'm a i'm a cancer patient and i would love to have that information when i'm making decisions about my care now i had been thinking up to that point about providing the information to doctors and pharmacists and having them be sort of the informed intermediary to help guide the patient. But that was a definitely a light bulb moment for us. All right. Welcome to the Rx to Riches podcast. My guests today are Nicole Cathcart and Sean Karbowitz, co-founders of the digital medication support solution, MedSavvy. Nicole is a serial entrepreneur with over 15 years of experience in creating and launching visionary consumer products. She is currently the CEO of Awestruck Labs. It's a great name. I love that name, by the way, Nicole. Uh, a marketing and product design consulting firm and the founder of Cinch Health, a generative AI platform for healthcare communications. Sean is currently in biotechnology after a number of years of working in the health insurance sector. He's also a registered pharmacist with over 20 years of experience in the pharmacy and health sciences arenas. Nicole and Sean, thank you both for joining me today. Yeah, great to be here, Mike. Thanks. Yeah. I'm going to start by asking both of you to tell our listeners a little bit more about yourselves and your backgrounds in both the healthcare and technology industry. And Nicole, I might start with you. Sure. Uh, so I am a mix of design, marketing, and product. Um, I have about 20 years of marketing experience specifically. Um, started in design, moved to marketing. I was running a digital team for a media company, and that's how I got into product. Uh, and then almost 10 years ago, I got started in healthcare, um, and I joined the innovation team at Cambia Health Solutions. Uh, so I actually came into that team in more of an innovation engagement role. It was my, my way in where I was helping with um, getting employees engaged in innovation and having events where um, where people would share ideas and develop them and then helping them get them to kind of a pitch level or or beyond 
Um, and very quickly I realized, oh no, I wanted to get into the side where we were actually building the products. So I worked very hard to move into more of that side of the business. Uh, and then since I, I left Cambia, I was chief marketing officer for Consensus Health, which is in uh, emerging tech and blockchain technology, uh, and then started my own entrepreneurial journey. Uh, I've uh, started a couple companies, including Austrac Labs, uh, where you know we help healthcare companies um, build elegant, launch and build elegant um, digital experiences and products. Um, my focus has always been uh, on user experience and consumer experience and using insights that I get from listening to people and doing consumer research and turning that into an experience that's engaging or answers kind of an unmet need. Yeah, excellent. Um, yeah, so uh, this is Sean. Um, I, I would describe myself as a, um, a professional skeptic. Um, I'm a pharmacist, but really, if I kind of reflect on what I do and what I've been doing for uh, since I was in pharmacy school, it's really questioning the data. Um, I'd love to be as exciting as Nicole, but the reality is I'm just sort of an evidence-based medicine nerd. Um, and, I, and I'd love to dive deeply into the evidence and to really understand what's going on and how, how do we think about science, the scientific studies, that the evidence that we have available and really understand what's true and what's potentially misleading. So um, I, I think I'm, I'm definitely by nature sort of a skeptic, and that's why as a pharmacist, um, it's been it, this, this sort of evolution to work for a health insurance company and, and, and critically look at the evidence to determine, you know, which medicines um, were effective and good values uh, was a really good fit for me. And, and so that, that definitely um, kind of is core to sort of who I am as a, as a pharmacist and kind of how I look at the world. But then also couple that with how do we use that information to once we do find these nuggets of information, like how do we really get that into the hands of, of patients and providers so that they could use that effectively? I mean, there's so much information that we have as, as healthcare professionals at our fingertips. The, the real dilemma is how do you make sense of it? How do you make heads or tail of it and then make it applicable to the patient that's in front of you? Um, and so I think that's a lot of, if I kind of, you know, step back and say, what, what do I do? Well, that's probably a, a lot of what, <laughs> a lot of what I do and thinking about barriers to uh, healthcare access and, and how do we use that evidence and use science to help sort of uh, re remove or, or impact those barriers. What, what I find interesting about that is we have the professional skeptic and we also have the entrepreneur, which entrepreneurship is an exercise in hope. So we have so skepticism we and hope brought together uh, to create this product. So uh, I wanted to start, Sean, by asking uh, you, what inspired you to create MedSavvy? Tell us a little bit about it, how it worked for users and, and sort of the journey to get there. Yeah, thanks. I, I think there's probably a, it was several pieces of information. So one is I had the, I had the, the blessing as a, as a health plan pharmacist to be able to go around to different conferences and different committees and listen to various groups of, of um, thought-leading physicians and uh, community physicians and, and um, 
experts share their opinions about um, whether sometimes whether I liked it or not about the the evidence in medicine and things like that. And so I was able to kind of listen to a broad array of perspectives on what was broken in the healthcare system, why the medications cost so much, what's are these things really benefiting patients. Um, are these treatments really benefiting and how much and which patients benefit? So I, I had the opportunity to really listen for um, what the the root, what I believe to be, I was searching for the root cause of some of the questions that, that, that I, I was hearing. And at one of the conferences, um, I was sharing a bit of the work that we were doing in evidence-based medicine and some of the insights that we had found about um, some of the medications we were evaluating. And, you know, some were seemed to be a little bit more effective than others. And, and, um, and there was a patient who happened to be in the audience. Now I thought I was speaking to other uh, uh, physicians and healthcare providers and things like that. But this gentleman stood up in the back of the room and he said, um, I'm a, I'm a cancer patient and I would love to have that information when I'm making decisions about my care. Now I had been thinking up to that point about, providing the information to doctors and pharmacists and having them be sort of the informed intermediary to help guide the patient. But that was a definitely a light bulb moment for us. And then I, I also think, you know, honestly, we had a, um, we had, we definitely had some inspiring executive uh, leadership uh, um, at, at Cambia where Nicole and I worked and um, our CEO at the time, Mark Gans was relentlessly focused on the customer, on the consumer, on the healthcare consumer, if you will, and making sure that, that they were able to be sort of um, front and center and maybe in control of their healthcare as much as possible. Um, so that was that definitely was was uh, an inspiration. And then, you know, meeting people like Nicole and Mohan Nair at the Innovation Force, people who really thought um, uh, um, expansively and were really able to take. You know, I, I might have had a, a fundamental idea of, okay, I, I have some information that I think would be helpful. Or I have a model for information that I think would be helpful to, to share with other people. But then to be able to work with um, people who, were, who really had the, um, the intellect, the skill, and the ideas, and, and the passion to be able to kind of scale that um, was also inspiring to me because it gave, it gave me hope, right, that, that we, could, we could take this idea and actually move it forward. Nicole, any, anything to add? And what was, uh, tell us about when Sean, you know, filled with hope coming from the, the conference <laughs> came to you with the idea for MedSavvy. Well, uh, Sean had, uh, he had shared this idea as part of a broader leadership summit. So there were over a hundred ideas that people had shared. Um, and we went through, our team went through and met with every single person who had submitted an idea to figure out you know, how passionate were they about the idea? You know, how how transformative was that idea? Were they willing to do the work to help us get it done? Because uh, the team did not just kind of take things and incubate them on the side. It was really about working with people within the company to, um, you know, to, um, to spark innovation across different departments. And Sean... He had the passion, clearly, um, and he just, he didn't go away, and he always came to the meetings, and I, I know that sounds silly, but really, at the beginning, that was so critical for this process, because it's so easy for things to die, big ideas to die really early on, because they're really hard to build, 
And Sean was genuinely interested in, in getting, getting or trying to make something of this. Um, and I saw, I saw him being inspired, which helped me get inspired. Um, also we did a lot of consumer research up front and a lot of the people that I talked to early on about this were, uh, women who were making healthcare decisions for their family and particular kids that were, you know, their kids who were sick. And I think for me, that's when my heart really joined this product, when I saw, how difficult those choices were, even if they were small, you know, these, these people are, are, these women were making choices that affected someone else. And there was a lot of guilt about not doing enough work to find the right solution and not really knowing like the, uh, that, that fear and that feeling of not really knowing if they're making the right decision. So what Sean was really offering to me felt like what was missing Right. You know, they can watch commercials and pharma is great at selling hope. They do great things, but they're really great at selling hope. And this was the counterbalance to that of, okay, let's make it like Sean was saying, let's make it really easy to understand this huge amount of information and empower these people that are making really important decisions. And I really want to, I'm going to dive in obviously to what Med Savvy uh, does or did and, and how you built the platform, but I wanted to pause for a second and talk about innovating within a huge company like Cambia. Cambia, for those who don't know, is a very big health insurance company, has a footprint in four states here in the US. And Innovation Force was a small department, pretty small department really within Cambia. Uh, I think you had less than a dozen people kind of working in Innovation Force. So is it possible to innovate and create? Obviously it is, but you know, what are the, what were the, the main barriers and, and what were the advantages of innovating within a larger construct of a company? Let, let me, maybe, maybe I could share a little bit about that uh, from my perspective. And then um, it'll, it'll flesh out the re, like a little bit of the background of what Michelle, uh, Nicole was saying about me showing up. So I had, recognized that we had something very special in terms of the, the pro the, what we were doing and the way we were evaluating um, the information, the, the scientific evidence I knew was valid. And I had been there long enough to see, to see that some of the decisions we made have an impact um, and to know that what we were doing was actually right and, and put us on track to have outcomes that were at least as favorable, in some cases even more favorable than we were looking for. So what I'm trying to say is we would use, we kind of came up with some predictive methodology based on the scientific evidence to understand how a medication might affect a population. And, and we, we were able to sort of assess when there was risk that maybe other people didn't pick up on. And so we knew we had something special. And I had been thinking and kind of socializing ideas with others up until that point of, of meeting the, you know, really working with the innovation force, but I had been socially socializing other ideas and not really getting a lot of traction, right? A, a large organization is filled with, you know, people who are trying to get their day job done. And sometimes it could be distracting when you have, and, and, you know, something validly, I mean, you have people throwing out a lot of ideas on how to improve things and you have to prioritize. And you have to make the best decision for the business at the time. And so making change is not always easy, even though a lot of companies want to do it. They, they want to embrace change. There's only so much tolerance for change and how much change can you actually make? 
So when we're talking about something like taking an idea that we knew was very valuable and, and trying to find a way to accelerate that, it, it, there wasn't a path to do that. And so from my perspective, I, I was, when I submitted that idea, I was actually very, fairly skeptical. I, I did it actually quite reluctantly because I was like, oh gosh, you know, I'm going to fill out this piece of paper. It's not going to go anywhere. I'm just sort of checking the box here. And that was honestly my mindset when I, when I, um, uh, when I, when I submitted that idea. Um, but what is needed was to have that executive champion, a fast track, someone who could take that idea, understand that, yes, in fact, this is a valid idea. Yes, in fact, we should accelerate this idea. And I think in order to make that happen, the person in, who needs to make that decision has to have an exceptional bullshit detector. Because they're pitched ideas, right? And our executive leadership and every executive I've ever known and worked with is pitched idea after idea after idea. And there's a lot of BS in those ideas. And sometimes it gets hard to tell, like, where's the real nugget and where's the passion and what's, what's actually doable. So I, I think having that, um, that executive support of the organization to say, yes, we are looking for these diamonds in the rough. And yes, we're going to put a, we're going to put some time and energy and resource behind this to develop this further because, and, and frankly, they pressure tested it. You know, we had some hurdles, we had some, you know, Nicole mentioned some initial validation, um, to make sure that, that there was some sound soundness to the idea. This wasn't just, uh, Hey, we're going to transform healthcare and the reimbursement system in the, you know, it, it wasn't, it, it, there was some validity to some of the work that we were trying to do and it was scalable. And so I, I think having that, um, that fast track and that support was critical because otherwise it's just so challenging to be able to prioritize innovative ideas in that setting of a large, of a large environment, corporate environment. Yes. Yes. Nicole, I, I, do you agree that? I mean, external innovation versus internal innovation, you know, you've, you've done both. So, so tell me a little bit about, you know, what you see are the advantages and disadvantages. Well, I, I mean, one surprising thing is they are remarkably similar. In one case, I think internal innovation, you're fighting the company and you're fighting the inertia of the corporation, right? They don't want to take risks. That's the nature of a corporation. You know, that's how they got to be a big company. Um, and then if you're an entrepreneur, you're fighting the market in a way. Right? You're trying to get awareness and trying to build uh, against whoever the incumbents are in that case. Uh, so I feel like the journey it feels somewhat similar. It's just the people in the room are very different. <laughs> and kind of the, the pace, I think, is really different. Um, you know, one thing that, uh, that Sean said about you know, having executive sponsorship, I think one thing that made... You know, there are a couple things certainly that made um, the the team I was on the innovation for successful. Uh, we certainly had some amazing people on the team that could do a lot of things. But our chief innovation officer Mohan he reported to the CEO, and definitely that was a direct line. You know, it wasn't a buried team, and he was really good at giving the right amount of information at the right time. So. He didn't oversell, right? He didn't oversell things up front. He kept them, like Sean was saying, kept them kind of safe and tested them. And then, you know, then they were ready to, to start being sold uh, ex uh, externally to the team and, and more in the company. So he gave little bits of information, certainly. But, 
you know, he was, he was very good at having something, um, you know, get, um, socialized and talked about, and then suddenly everyone wants it, right? It's like, so we're, we're, we're fighting to keep this little thing alive. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, that should really be in our group or, you know, you start to see success and then everyone kind of wants a piece of it. And he was, he was really good at, at managing that, uh, that communication for us. So it was nice having, you know, people there that, you know, while, while Sean and I were, um, you know, on the ground, as well as, you know, other team members on the ground trying to build it to have people that were kind of giving us that that kind of cover, just enough visibility <laughs> to keep it going. And I have to say that this little team, this innovation force was highly successful in launching products. products. I mean, MedSavvy was not the only digital product that the team launched. You guys launched several products. Yeah. So it was definitely a successful formula. Um, and we can dive into that a little bit later. But I, first, I just want to know, but tell us more about MedSavvy. What is MedSavvy? What did it do? Why was it a differentiated and unique offer? And Nicole, we'll start with you. Well, that seems unfair since Sean spent way more time on it ultimately and ran it. Uh, and I, I didn't. But uh, so MedSavvy is medication is a medication choice management tool, or at least that's, that's how I would explain it. Um, it uh, takes the scientific evidence and the um, around the effectiveness of drugs and and incorporates how good that science even is into a letter grade that is one element along with side effects along with kind of a user review price um, this data that's presented into uh, kind of a comparison that consumers can use or even providers can use to help make good decisions about uh, medication drugs that's what how is that sean did that work for you yeah that's at the yeah at the core that's that's the engine right the engine of MedSavvy. the core data elements are what nicole described which is how well does a drug work for a given indication we used a, a, a an evidence-based a very robust evidence-based methodology to, to do that and we didn't just tell people a letter grade we showed them the evidence and said you know it like if you don't believe me you should you know, believe me i'm a pharmacist but if you don't believe me Here's the evidence. Go to the pull the publication yourself, and and that gives you confidence into why we have that letter. Because, as you know, there's lots of different types of evidence, and different types of evidence answers different questions. Um, and so we we would assign a letter grade, as 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 Nicole said, for a given indication. And when you buy anything uh, online, or you know, you go shopping for any any product, you're comparing price. Uh, with the value that it delivers to you, right? You want to know how much it costs and what's it going to do for you. Healthcare is a little bit different where you're not really sure how it's going to work and you're not really sure what it costs. So just adding that clarity really started to align incentives. And so, you know, again, this was born out of an insurance, a health plan perspective, trying to control costs. We were doing these types of things behind the scenes, but what happened was we were telling people what to do we were using, you know, coverage policies and formulas and benefit design and contract things like that. And how do you think that makes a person, a patient, a sick patient, feel? They feel resentful. They feel like, who the heck are you telling me what I should do? What about my doctor? Well, the reality is, your doctor would love to spend the time that I and my our pharmacists do going through the evidence and really understanding that. But frankly, 
not all physicians and and, and uh, practitioners have that time to to be able to do that. Um, or the, or frankly, and uh, and we've, we have definitely learned in retrospect, or the skill. So us kind of doing that work for them uh, was really a useful tool for physicians and patients alike to be able to, to, to uh, have treatment or help with their treatment decisions. Now that's the core of like the engine of what it does. But then Nicole helped me sort of understand that it's also an extension of the pharmacist. And, and I think the piece that made MedSavvy, one of the core pieces, and Nicole illustrated this for me, that made MedSavvy successful was you need to have good healthcare uh, professionals behind it and you and and driving it. We can't expect a piece of technology to replace good healthcare and replace that interpersonal connection. Um, now, people, there were definitely patients who took our recommendations and used them. And I, we had success stories and you know wonderful stories of people finding, you know, um, really good results. And I could go into detail there. But in addition to that, when, when they needed uh, a little bit more help, picking up the phone and, and talking to a pharmacist or having a pharmacist or one of our, our team members help them through that decision. Look, our healthcare system is extremely complicated, uh, even for uh, professionals who live and breathe in it uh, every day. And so to have that assistance to help someone navigate through um, was also critical. And again, at the end of the day, it was really an extension of that of that pharmacist. And, and that was a big part of, of our brand and sort of the, the value that we provided. So when people, people knew that we weren't just a database, we're actually a group of pharmacists because we were, um, who were trying to help people and share our knowledge, which is exactly what we were and what we did. And I think that was another key piece of, uh, or a differentiator of what it, what it was, as opposed to some other websites that you go to now. And yeah, you can find information, but does it have heart? Does it really have your best interests at heart? I don't know. Um, people really trust their pharmacists. Uh, they're one of the, the top most trusted providers. But who actually has an opportunity to really speak with a pharmacist, right? I mean, most of the time, you know, if, you're, if it's a retail scenario, you don't really want to have a public conversation like that. And so this was, it, it was, an, I think, an untapped resource, really for people to be able to talk to someone with this knowledge base um, and not have to do it in public and, uh, and to have someone especially that was familiar with uh, their benefits and some of the challenges that they would be facing during that medication decision process or helping them switch their, their medications if there was um, you know, a, uh, maybe a generic that would have saved them a lot of money, thing, things like that. Um, you know, that, that was, um, like Sean said, uh, something that came out of talking to people that, I mean, I certainly have really uh, grown to appreciate and uh, enjoy pharmacists after working with Sean, but as it turns out, the data says the same thing. Well, I gotta say, I use MedSavvy, and what I really enjoyed about the product was the breadth of what you could do on the platform. So, you know, you had the, the grades for the various medications, right? Which, you know, you could then will give you some indication of, oh, maybe there's something better that I could take or something with a little bit more efficacy. You know, there was the ability to create a virtual medicine cabinet, right? For both yourself and if you're a caregiver or, you know, fam you know for a family member, you can create a virtual medica me medication cabinet for them. You know, there was an ability to find um, less expensive medications 
uh, on the app, you know, and find a nearby pharmacy, which would, you know, offer your medications um, cheaper. There was an ability to do medication reviews. You had, I think you had uh, like a couple, uh, at least a, a handful of pharmacists on the, in the back end who were doing medication reviews. So for me, I, I really felt like the breadth of, of what you could do medication-based and, and pharmacist-based was a real draw. And uh, Sean, I'll ask you, I mean, what was that the secret sauce in your mind uh, or was there, was there something else that you felt really, um, you know, caused that's having to be such a, such a success very quickly? Yeah, thanks. I, I think um, you're highlighting one of my, the things that I like to say about um, innovation, which is that innovation is a team sport. And it's what I really liked in retrospect, what I really appreciated about the experience was I would share the idea of MedSavians, you know, the, and some of the passion and energy and a lot of the features and capabilities you just described, Mike, were ideas of, of colleagues and people who were working with it. And, and, and then to be able to see an idea that I thought was, you know, had value, had merit. And then others saw it too and said, yeah, we could do that. And, and grow it even more. And, and that was where, when it started to sort of snowball um, was really encouraging to me because other people were able to contribute ideas and, and I, and we, they were invited in to like, okay, great. Help us do that, you know, help share that idea. And I think that was a bit of um, the, the magic dust that Nicole and the innovation force did is they would, if you suggested an idea or you, you know, gave some positive affirmation of the, of the concept that they were working on. They're like, great, come and help us with that. And then you too can have ownership. And so it, now not to say we hung every ornament on the Christmas tree, we were selective about what we put on there, but it was also, it was really nice to bring people in and see that idea blossom and grow. And so I think this is a, a balance that maybe entrepreneurs would face is how much do I tightly hold on to my idea that I know is right? This is my idea versus sort of opening it up a little bit to allow others to sort of have some ownership and contribute and feel like they have ownership and actually have some ownership in, in the direction. And I think for me, that was a little bit uncomfortable because, you know, initially I was the med savvy guy. We didn't call it that. We called it remedy grade at the time, but initially like I was the remedy grade guy and I was like, this is my idea. But I learned very quickly. No, it's it gets so much better when other people contribute the, their best thinking and their best efforts too. And then as long as we're, you know, keeping our eye on the patient and the patient experience, then it's going to just get better. That was part one of my two-part conversation with Nicole Cathcart and Sean Karbowitz, co-founders of MedSavvy. Thanks for joining us today on the Pharmacy View podcast. And don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment if you found this episode of value or have any feedback. Podcast episodes are promoted through social media, LinkedIn, YouTube, and major podcast mediums. And each episode can be found on the Pharmacy View webpage with links to guest contact and business details. If you're a pharmacist or industry support supplier and would like to join us on an episode, send us a message through LinkedIn or complete the inquiry form on the Pharmacy View webpage. I'm your host, Michael Alexander, pharmacist and co-founder of the communication intelligence platform, Ottery. On behalf of Shopfront Solutions and Arion Technologies, thanks again for joining us today on the Pharmacy View podcast.